and welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. This week's Parsha is Toldos. Dun, dun, dun. Fabo, we're going to jump right in there because Ain Lan Uzman. Let's talk about the um, idea that's mentioned many times in different places, but it's mentioned very specifically in this reading, which the rabbis comment on um, explicitly saying that the patriarchs kept the Torah. Uh, I think we may have mentioned it. No, I'm just smiling because I was just talking about this with my teacher yesterday in Nishmat. And I was like, I really don't like Well, the, well, well, well there's very, some very obvious. I mean, you can, you don't, go with the, don't go right away with the liking and not liking because who cares if you like it? Or not. <laughs> just, just first start with something like, you know, like an argument or something. And then you can say you don't like it, the answer or whatever. But. I just feel like keeping the Torah <clears throat> is very vague and most of us then feel then that they kept the Torah meant that they knew everything that we have in our Torah today and that they kept mitzvot and they knew chukim and they were, did things according to halacha but it just doesn't make sense because then they do a lot of things in the course of Tanakh before we get the Torah that goes against Torah principles and Torah laws like Yaakov marrying two sisters. Um, and, it, and then the, some unfortunate will say, oh, well, that's because they didn't actually get the Torah yet, or they weren't in Israel yet, or... So I'm like, they either had the Torah or they didn't. And also, the Torah was given to us at Har Sinai. They, it couldn't have been in existence before unless we're talking that Torah is something different than what we think about when we say that they were keeping the Torah, in which case I'm open to that. Right. But, so... Like, I don't think they were, like, so the, 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 I mean, chilling the first... out, learning Gemara, like, everyone's that whole, like, shame the Aver, like, where was Yaakov, Ish O'Halim? He was, Yeshiva O'Halim, he was in the Yeshiva, shame the Aver. I'm like, no! Maybe, like, they were thinking about God and it was a philosopher place, but, like, he wasn't Steigen Gemara. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, I guess we would all have to agree, a- anyone, right? I, I think if a person with a serious face told you that uh, these things are literal, 100%, and if you would ask them, how is it possible that um, we can be told that Avraham Avinu kept uh, an injunction, a rabbinic injunction that was only made thousands of years later? Like matzah. Uh, well, yeah, that's not what I'm referring Pesach. to. Right, or Erev Tafshilin. Or that. I didn't even hear about that. But like, yeah. of course <clears throat> not. Or Eruv Eitrumim. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that were, that were clearly only created thousands of years later. So, so anyone who's going to tell you, no, it's, it's, that's exa- what we know to be, this rabbinic law, is, was actually something that they practiced. You don't because it was intuitive or something. I'm like no, but no, no, no. You're not going to take them seriously. You know, you can't take them seriously. No, no, this gets to the the crux of the issue that I think is important to talk about, which is how much are we willing to fuss up to the fact that, um, just like humans develop, so the Torah develops with humans. Mm-hmm. The Torah is given to humans, and the and it's given to humans in their context, 
and it's given to humans with all of the human frailty and human change and development. And, and the Torah amazingly is able to wither or weather that storm throughout all the years to the, so that we can still say today that we have a Torah. But, but clearly what Chazal, I think we're nodding at over here, is the idea that um, you can even find some very minor, so to speak, relatively speaking, you know, rabbinic uh, institutions or rabbinic laws and you can find their sources way back when. You can find their sources like that Avram Avinu did it or Yitzhak. Now, what, if you think that they're trying to say something literal, so then you've missed the boat. That's what I'm saying. But the question is, what are they doing? What, what are they doing? What are they trying to do? What's so funny? <laughs> you just said missed the boat. And in my mind, I tried to translate it into Hebrew. I was like, how would you say that? Fisfastatasfina? <laughs> <laughs> You're in a different world. Yeah, okay. But regardless, um, so I, I'd like to say, I'd like to, I'd like, to like um, expand on this a little bit. Um, but, but first off, the thesis is basically that I think um, the rabbis were trying to tell us that you shouldn't, you shouldn't think that the stuff that's being invented in the course of the, the development of the halacha and the Torah, the, you know, especially the halacha, uh, is trivial. It, you, should, you should understand, that I think the message is that they're saying is that you should understand that these things are inspired by big ideas. They're inspired by uh, a, a spiritual backing. They have a spiritual backing to it. So how do I imagine that? Because if if any anyone that's thinking is is thinking about Avram Avinu doing Erev Tavshilin, right? I don't know if we're going to feel that we have to explain this on this podcast exactly what Erev Tavshilin is, but but whatever these rabbinical laws, right? That are very very specific. You know, if Yom Tov goes leads into Shabbos, so then there's all kinds of considerations about this and that. I mean, they're all rabbinic development of halacha. They're very, very specific, and it gets into particular minutia of halacha. And you're going to tell me that that law and all the considerations and development that was going on thousands of years later is something that that literally was what the you know the patriarchs are thinking about? No, Avram Yitzchak we're not thinking about that. But the underpinnings of those laws, which means the spiritual underpinnings of those laws, is something that can connect the generations, right? So if they're thinking like how. Are we going to, in this case, Ve'er of Tavshin, like how are we going to make sure that the respect of each day is, you know, it remains with its own integrity and it doesn't become that all ideas of holiness are just one? How, how do you know, how, do, how are you able to preserve the idea that, that there are gradations to holiness? In this particular case, I think that's one of the major ideas that you could say that's behind the Erev Tavshilin, because it's trying to protect the integrity of, of, a, of a holiday versus Shabbat. And it's trying to make you understand that there's Shabbat and then there's the, the holiday, right? Mm. So in other words, those are big ideas that, that, that within the spiritual world, it's not just like, oh, I'm flying, it's spiritual, man, it's great, it's awesome. No, you can be in the spiritual world and, and cross lines and mix things it's it's a science just like anything else as as long as humans 
can can grasp what it is that they're talking about, they're thinking about, and they can reach heights of, of understanding in the spiritual world. There also is discernment in the spiritual world. That's just an example. It's one small example. But if what Chazal are saying, what the rabbis are saying by by telling us that the that the, the patriarchs kept the laws, I think. <coughs> ooh, salute! Thank you. I think more than what they're they're not they're not telling us history. They're telling us that what's going on today um, is not to be trifled with. Trifled with. Trifled. Right. Um, so so just to expand on that. Um, the there's this uh, discussion, there's this argument, it seems to be like this major argument amongst the rabbis of the early rabbis in the Tanaim, of the Mishnah, <clears throat> whether or not Talmud Gadol and Maisa Gadol, whether or not the, the study, study mm-hmm. is, is more important than action, or action is more important than study. Mm-hmm. Now, to, to unpack that, you know, that argument, it, it needs a, like its own pod, I think, really, mm-hmm. but... But just we did touch a little bit upon that when we were talking about Avram. We did. I, I feel Last like year? no, no, like a couple of weeks ago, saying there you were throwing out that um, what made Avraham great was that he was a man of action. Um, but then we're gonna. Th- this is oh. like you're it's just like a well, like you know, kind of on the side idea. But um, the argument is different. But I do think that the. The argument being, if you're going to learn and do nothing with that knowledge, then it's pretty much useless. But um, then how do you inform yourself as to what actions you should be doing or what would be important? Uh, or hmm. Well, yeah. Well, today I want to focus on what was the resolution to that, to that uh, controversy or to that great debate. So the resolution was that... The resolution was... Um, that study is greater because it's like, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I can imagine like there's a crowd. They're watching this great debate, right? And <laughs> I don't mean to trivialize this thing, but it's basically like, you know, one side they're going like study is greater. And the other side is going like action is greater. And then the crowd's going like, yeah, you know, there's the inches for the study and the inches for the action. And they're like, and then finally, they, you know, they take a vote and everybody's like, you know, the final vote is study is greater. And everyone's like, yeah, the study guys. And then the, because it leads to action. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like it, you just shot. You said study is greater. But at the same time, you're saying study is greater because because, because it's action. So action how, is the ultimate. Isn't that a that's a, that's a complete contradiction in terms. That's like, how could you possibly just say that? Mm hmm. Are you siding with the fact that study is greater? If study is greater, then it stands as stands alone. Right. Study is greater. You can't say it's greater because of that. So then, so say then action is greater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> going to follow this conversation, but um, what it's saying is like this: it's saying that study is two in one, because when you study. In a, in a religious setting, according to the Torah anyway, I'm not saying all religious settings are this way, but the way the Torah imagines study is that the study is about the relationship that it creates between you and the one who gave you the things to study. So if, for example, you have this teacher that you really love, so you're studying his things so you can get ahead, but you're also studying it because he gave you to, to study. You're, you're doing it almost to 
please him in a way so that you'll know like what's on his mind, right? And so that at any moment um, that something can come up, you'll be able to f- jump into action based on the things that you already have in your in your mind about what he expects of me, what he, or what he what I can do to get close to him or to, to do things that are meaningful to him. Right, so it's because so so the study becomes impregnated with a sense of what what the Chazal are calling action, but it's basically a relationship. It's it's a it's an active study. It's not a study of of like a philosophical study. Like I study philosophy because it kind of it titillates my mind, so it, it makes me feel good. Right? No, it's the it's towards the other. It's it's lil mode amanat lasot. It's it's Torah Shal Chesed, right? It's a Torah that is looking towards the other, in this case, God, or, or even to others. Mm-hmm. Because Torah is ultimately about relationships. When I say relationships, I mean how things relate to each other. The Torah is about how things relate to each other and how to maximize those relationships. And it's not about how you can live in a vacuum, right? That's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, in, I'm talking about it in the pure sense. So, so, um, so as a result, um, I think what, what's being said over here is that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of form in law, right? But you have to know that the form in the law is impregnated with meaning that you're supposed to connect to when you learn the law. And I think that's what the rabbis were trying to do by telling us that <clears throat> the patriarchs kept the Torah. Because just like you know that the form, in other words, the form or the substance was more present in the times of the patriarchs. You'd say the substance, not so much the form. Mm-hmm. The form is what we're balking at. We're saying, how could it possibly be that they were doing the same form that was based on considerations that were only a product of time and development of, of people and of society? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't possibly why would they want to why would you even want to imagine that that culture was the same culture, culture as our culture it's not but there are things that transcend cultural settings and contexts that have to do with these spiritual ideas substance the substance and the substance is what connects you to them and substance is ultimately what God, what they're saying is that we need to connect to even when we're in the act of of doing something that they are you know, determining for us, they're decreeing or whatever it is. It's not, they're trying to tell us this isn't dry stuff. Mm-hmm. I think without tooting their own horns, they were kind of telling us, just realize that we're not about just instituting stuff to keep order in society. And even if we are about order in society, but then <clears throat> connect to that connect, connect to that idea of order in society. In other words, that itself will be some kind of a transcendental concept that you need to connect to. So, meaning, when, just to kind of wrap it up, the Avos keeping the Torah, you're saying, comes from the rabbis wanting to tell us that there was a, a fundamental principle there that they understood and they acted upon in whatever way that they did. And generations later, as we try to connect to those same ideals and that same substance, because we believe that intrinsically it's, it's, it's good, it's good substance, we should be connecting to that, the rabbis institute the way we could connect to that 
substance in ways that are very particular to the generations in which they were created, um, like Erev Tavshilin and other laws and Eruv and, and different things. Mm-hmm. Right, things doesn't matter. But the point being that what we the, the halacha that we follow today are all ways through which we connect with a greater principle. So, which would mean that when we do something like Natilas Yadayim and we do three here and three there and we're washing, the, the fact that we're doing that should be making us feel and think about what is behind the act that we're doing. Because behind this act that has a form that the rabbis instituted for us, there is intrinsic meaning. Right, and I'm just throwing in there that you really... An ignorant, it's hard for an ignorant person to do that. This is what study is really about. This A lot of times people think that the study is just so you should become more meticulous in the actions that you're able to do and not to do. Like a person says, oh, he's very... You know he's very meticulous in halacha because he's such a he's such an erudite person. It's that's not where it ends. It's that it's that you can the halachic man, so to speak, that was coined by Rabbi Soloveitchik is a person who's not just meticulous. He's not just meticulous in the halacha so that he's keeping in the in the in the the letter of the law of the of the rabbinic you know injunctions or or the halachos that are explained to us from the Torah. He's He's doing it in a way that he understands much more in a global sense of why, what the substance is behind what he's doing. Beyond what meets the eye, beyond right. that's the just what, action. That's what the idea should be. So that the Torah that a person learns brings a person closer to action because the action becomes totally permeated with, with the substance and the meaning of what it is. So he's, a person's not willing to slack off even on details because he understands that these things have meaning right they, they do have meaning they the, to the extent that you infuse it with meaning and connect it to 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 the meaning and to the substance you will be feel you will feel fulfilled you know, I don't like the way that sounds but mm-hmm. you understand you'll, you'll you'll be tapping into something deeper yes and and it's ultimately fulfilling. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 very and it's connecting. That's really what you're trying to do. You're trying right. to. So so this is. I don't want to get on a soapbox, but it's just like how far can people get from this? Is like sometimes very scary, and it's sometimes I wonder how come we're not speaking about this type of idea more often? Because I think all of the distortions that we see that we don't like um, in terms of practice of Judaism even in religious circles, is this, really. It's mm. that we just... Missing the forest for the trees. We're just, we're, we're, we're... It becomes about, you know, just mastery of, like, a lot of details. Mm-hmm. But the, the, it's, it's, not in the, it's not in the... It's not in the... It's not in the motivation, because it's not taught. I'm not saying this is a general rule, but I'm saying when, when you find people um, who are... are Usually become like radicalized and like they they put they're they're not they're not trying to find what it is that they're trying to do with all the stuff that they're learning. Mm. They're 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 not wired for meaning. They just they're wired for details, and then the more details they know without the substance behind it becomes something that like a void. And then they have to start filling it with things that make absolutely no sense. Sometimes they're actually contrary to the to the will of what the rabbis were doing or what the Torah was trying to do mm. or what society wants. Right. 
you know, that's when things get out of context. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The, the, the ultimate, ultimate unifier of the law is the substance of the law that, that transcends generations and that keeps you in line, ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's not the minutia that's going to keep you in line. Because the minutia can bring you somewhere that you don't, you, you don't even recognize. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens. People, especially when there's ignorance, when there's real ignorance, it's not just ignorance, but it's ignorance to what the purpose of study is. Right. Yeah, we could all think, I think, of, of examples of people who we know who are go out of their way to get super intense and specific about how things should be done. And then you're looking at them and you're like, bro, you missed the point. Right. This thing that you're doing was supposed to create uh, warm feelings with neighbors. There's like Mishloach Manos or all these different things that people kind get super intense about. And then you have to give it to the people and the thing. And then you miss out on the whole idea that behind that is this idea that there's, you should feel close with one another. Right. And in the wake of all the, of the, trying to be so specific and, and on the dot and so halachically on the, on the ball, like so on, um, on the letter of the law, that you miss out on the whole feeling that it's supposed to create and you could even go against that by creating right. now, angst it doesn't, and now, anger. Now it doesn't mean, we're not talking about compliance. Compliance is compliance and the law is the law. But we're talking about what are you trying to do with all this study, you know? I, I was just listening to a podcast where some, some fellow was he was airing, he, he comes out there and he speaks to the very religious crowds. And sometimes he gets very vicious, you know, phone calls in return. Mm-hmm. And he aired some of the some of these phone calls. And you couldn't believe what people were saying to him. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, and he was very nice. Like he didn't like try to strike. He wasn't like being a typical, you know, right. talk show host where he's like, you know. And I told him, you suck. Yeah, or anything like that. <laughs> You're saying, look, you know, right. it's too bad that this person couldn't express himself except with, through invectives and things like that. He says, you know, but I'm reminded of a story of Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, who, Shlomo Zalman Orbach was one of the greats of the past generation. Like, the, that type of person you just want, you just you just hear about him and you're just full of respect. You know, a person, a great, great, great scholar, but also a great, great, great mensch, a person who is totally integrated. In, in, in terms of understanding the right path and what the Torah really wants of a person and how much the Torah has to transform us into becoming greater people and not just becoming, uh, you know, bibliophiles. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and he said, he was one example of many, but he said, you know, you, when, when, you, when there's, uh, there can be discourse and there could be debate and it could be very fiery. And he was talking about a particular example of how uh, a, a, a particular rabbi was uh, in, in Israel was saying something that was very, very, you know, very novedoso. It was very uh, novel. novel. The idea that he wanted to do something about taking off trumas and mices, whatever, it's not important. And uh, it was a very novel idea. And, and Rabbi Shalom Zalm didn't want this idea to take root. He thought it was wrong. So he wrote an entire uh, pamphlet what, 35 pages to counter this person. I mean, you can tell. I mean, he spent, he had plenty of what to do. He spent mm-hmm. a lot of time on it. He published it. He wanted a thing. Some particular person asked him a question that he has people, uh, family members that aren't religious and like if, if they're going to eat in his house and, you know, what's going to be with the laws of Kashrut because they're not, they're not taking off the, the tithes and Eretz Yisrael and stuff like that. 
he says, oh, it's, it's okay, you can, depend, you can go with this particular shita. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can, you can uphold the, the position that I was, wrote this whole pamphlet to, to say that he was wrong, but you can go with that particular position, you know, in this case. It was a, it's just an example of, like, measure. It's like you can be vehemently opposed to somebody, but you don't call, you don't call him names. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't get personal and call him names and hate the person for his different position. Right. Saying that the cancel culture of today has arrived even in religious circles. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there's no understand. Like the, the person who was asking this question was so upsetting because he didn't even know the source material that the program was even talking about. Like he, right. he clearly didn't even know. He, he, he was just, you know, calling him a heretic and things like that. You know, just like mm-hmm. totally uh, out of context. Right. And... Uh, and this is the point. The point is like, what what use is all that study for a person like this? So it becomes a, he's just a miserable human being, mm-hmm. who 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 can take the time to call a show of a person who doesn't even know, throw his uh, bile, you know, vomit his bile in his direction, you know, to feel all self righteous about himself, and you know, and, if, and then you know, hang up. You know, like what, what what is that? Right. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that. That to me is is something that comes up a lot in general. I just I, I always feel very upset when I see people who supposedly represent a world of learning Torah and investing in Torah and, and learning, and I and I and I see that the substance behind it is just not with it. I find it very upsetting. You know, I was I was listening to I don't know how much time we have really, but yeah, we uh, should have like close up really, but yeah. Well, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, this is critical. I mean, the vast, vast majority of people who are studying, I think they could still use, if they're young and impressionable, they could still use, you know, more direction from their leaders to tell them that, look, this is, this is about connecting. And, a lot, and people need to be shown what it means to connect. Like, right. it's not simple. There's no, there's no manual. I mean, you're studying a law book in no other religion in the world that I know and certainly as intense as Judaism, is study meant as a religious exercise. I remember in, in Chile, in uh, teaching Jewish law there, it was kind of an idea that I was trying to express to them how, how law is religion. You mm. know, that, that crossover is so foreign, especially in Occidental, the Occidental world. It's like, what does that even mean, that law is religion? Like, it's actually interesting because law. you said law is religion, and I was like, of course. But that's because we grew up that way, so... Yeah, what does it mean, laws of religion? I mean, you stop at a red light, what does that have to do with anything? Right. And then you practice religion in your own house or your church or whatever mm-hmm. it is, your synagogue. So you're saying law is religion because what creates the religion is the practice of the law that is based yes. on deep, spiritual, meaningful principles and ideas that connect you to the Creator. Right, but it starts from the idea that a, a comprehensive religious life includes everything. Mm-hmm. That religion will want to, will touch everything. So even if there's a civic law, civil law that says you must stop at a red light, but you'll want to know what the religion says about that, and you'll say you'll see oh the religion, and the tradition of religion says it's a, you need to respect the local laws. In other words, they've touched on that subject too. You know what I'm right. saying? There there are concepts and substance that will argue and explain to you why that's important. The same way it's important to, to, to integrate that. So it's important, even religious law itself needs to be integrated into what values are being transmitted here. Unfortunately, you don't walk into big places, big you know, study halls, and, pe- and people are debating that. <laughs> They're not debating that. 
Because mm-hmm. I think we've lost that. We, we've lost that like spiritual connection automatically. It's kind of like you're in the middle of a religious service, which is otherwise, why would you be sitting here studying all of this stuff if it wasn't a religious uh, imperative, right? So that's kind of like unspoken. So there's this like unspoken kind of thing that we're connecting here as we study. But I, I really think... I it really, should be spoken about. I really think it should be spoken about it, and, and it needs to be certainly exemplified by those leaders that are leading. Mm-hmm. But also, and, and I would just say on that point, I think it's exemplified by just like a, just like a dedication. You don't see anyone dedicating themselves to something that they're not being paid for necessarily. They're not being, and they live it, and they breathe it, and they talk about it. You know, v'agita bo yom v'layla, you know, b'shach b'cha v'kumecha. Like, they're just, they love it. They love it. But that's still, in today's, I think, cynical age, I don't think that's enough. Hmm. I don't think it's enough because people say, yeah, well, you're good at it, so you love it. You know, it's right. just like watching a guy who, I don't know, Wahabdil, who likes playing basketball. You know, so, okay. Doesn't mean, what, is it, what does basketball have to do with connecting to anything besides basketball? I mean, you're good at basketball, you like it, it makes you feel good, so that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. we've lost that discourse, so we need to recapture it. Mm-hmm. Tove. I like that. There's, there are spiritual, there are already, people are starting to make spiritual curriculums. Mm-hmm. People within the camp, I'm not talking about, I mean, there are those that don't respect the tradition and they make spiritual curriculum because then they're not bridging any gaps between law and spirituality. They're just talking about spirituality and making stuff up. Right. But within the tradition, if you can create a, a curriculum about spirit, about how to connect spiritually through what it is you're learning, that would be an amazing thing. Yeah, challenge everyone who's who's listening to this. Maybe you can come up with something interesting and spiritual. Um, but yeah, and it, yeah, I guess this leaves us with a lot of a lot of uh, thought to put into the the meaning and the thought that we put behind our study and what we do and the day to day things that are meant to bring us um, closer and uh, connect deeper with our Creator, and you know that we kind of just do. So I think it's a nice. Nice uh, challenge and awareness to give ourselves to learn more in order to understand more, in order to connect more. Tov. Shabbat shalom l'kulam. And that's a wrap, my friends. We hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week and we'll catch you next time.